welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Mother Figure. Mother Figure is a maternal wellness company that makes it easier for moms and moms-to-be to get support. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. The Bundle of Joy is the newest addition to their family of vegan products. But we will hear more from our sponsors later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. If you need anything, check there and see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And uh, now Diane has our review of the week. And it comes from iTunes. Thank you so much for putting this on iTunes for us. That really helps other people find the podcast. And this is from Zoe M. And she says, every mom needs this. This podcast empowered my previous knowledge of breastfeeding as well as parenting choices in general. It assured me, it reassured me that my body knows exactly what to do and that my hard work breastfeeding and making biologically normal choices for my baby is what's best. I'm obsessed. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is basically what we're, what our mission is, is to just make sure everybody knows, you know what, your body knows what to do. Be empowered to make decisions for your child and don't let anybody. Yeah, I love how the parenting decisions come through too. Yeah. Oh, I know. My gosh. Like it's breastfeeding. It's a breastfeeding podcast, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I just put things in my mouth that are in front of me and, and actually came downstairs and he gave me these candies that he doesn't want. No, like flavors he doesn't want. And so like we push record and I just put one in my mouth <laughs> and I'm like, okay, wait, I can't talk with this in my mouth. Oh my God. I'm also very like, um, uh, what is the freaking, oh, the, the stupid time zone thing. The, um, oh, the daylight, daylight savings. savings. Yes. I can't even bring it up in my brain because it's so ridiculous, but we're also on daylight savings. So I know like, everyone's confused about what's happening. Yeah, I was like, I got anyway, my daily savings. Saying? So we're oh, talking about the choice. parenting yeah, choices. So it's a breastfeeding podcast, but like we certainly do talk about beyond breastfeeding. We talk about sleep and bed sharing and, you know, all of these things that are, that are, I mean, so related to breastfeeding mm-hmm. in my well, mind. But, you know, you don't always think about that, how it's related to breastfeeding. We've talked about this and, and like, I remember us talking about this on the podcast. I can't remember exactly which episode it was, but how we talked about that, like things happen when you're breastfeeding and we always think it's a breastfeeding issue because yeah. that's what we're doing so much of. Right. And I feel like that goes along with like the sleep and behaviors. And and that's one of the reasons why we're going to talk about like the first day's home today, because I feel like everything goes back to that breastfeeding piece. And a lot of times this is just baby stuff. Right. But it goes in with right. the parenting decisions that you make. And that is, you know, it's all, it all gets encompassed in one package. Yeah. Really, it's like okay, this is not just you know one or the other. So, it's um, it, it all goes together. It all goes together. You start making and decisions yeah. about feeding your baby and and making decisions about how that's going to go, and then that kind of feeds into your decisions on lots of other things. So yeah, and breastfeeding is so tied to that like insecurity, that just like doubt, mm-hmm. and so everything that's going wrong or everything that's happening, it's like oh god, this is some breastfeeding is not going well, right. Yeah, and it's a lot of times it's just a lot not. Of times I saw, it has nothing to do with breastfeeding. 
I saw a mom um, not too long ago, and that was a situation. Remember, I think I had, I sent you a message about it that I was supposed to see her the week prior, and then oh yeah, kind of dropped. She kind of dropped the ball, and then reached out to me and was like, "Can I see you right away? I think my supply is di- you know dwindling. I'm all this stuff." And I went, "Sorry," and actually, her supply is fantastic, and a baby was just like. You know, just feeding more, being a baby, just being a baby, yeah. and she well, was we like, "We don't understand oh babies, right?" And yeah. I was like, "This isn't a feeding thing." And she was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I, which made her feel so much better to know that, yeah. like, it wasn't her supply. But, um, but we just tie everything into feeding, totally, and it's, yeah. And a lot of times, it's just not, and that so. feeling that everything is going wrong, oh. which I think is like, you know, you're in such a vulnerable place, and that's something that keeps has kept us alive for thousands of years, you know, and, and kept us safe is that, you know, looking for danger and, and, and expecting things to go wrong keeps you kind of on alert and keeps you protecting your baby. And that's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of times nothing's wrong. I was talking about that with a family the other day that I saw and it was, you know, the mom and the her husband were in the office with me. And this is, you know, a newborn baby, only probably, I don't even know if she was a week old. And they were talking about, you know, kind of like looking ahead, not that far ahead, but ahead enough so that, you know, dad was like, I, I would love to be able to feed the baby overnight. So she gets a little bit longer of a stretch of sleep. And that comes up a lot, right? Like we yeah. hear that a lot. So, and she, and mom was not, I mean, she was like, well, you know, if I got to get up anyway and, you know, it's fine, whatever. And they kind of came down to the conclusion among each other. She was like, if I hear him up with the baby and I hear the baby fussing, there's no way I'm going to still sleep. No, exactly. No, that's so true. And I said, well, you're wired to like have to, you know, to feel like you need to respond to that. And she's like, right. Like, you know, and we just had this whole conversation. It was kind of like a light bulb moment for them where they were like, oh my gosh, like if, if he's up with the baby, which that's a wonderful thought, I would love it. But there's no way I'm going to sleep through that. So why bother? Why don't I just get up and feed her? It'll just be easier. Yeah. Yeah. Or put the baby in bed and then don't get up. Right. And everybody's just like there. You know, just roll over, feed the baby, and then you're good. Yeah. Or just stay in that position. I know. (laughs) You just stay in that cuddle curl, you know, and then feed the baby all night. That's how I sleep with my dog. It's so simple, guys. I mean, come on. It's so easy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's all horribly hard. And so, so what do you hard. see when the first few days of people oh when we come home? I mean, I know what I experienced, which was just like a baby that would not stop crying. It's chaos, and, right? Yeah, it's absolute chaos. Like night mm-hmm. and day, doesn't matter. Like, it's just, ugh. I remember being like, I, I don't know whose baby this is. This is not the same <laughs> baby I had in the hospital. I think I even said that out loud because I know I was thinking it. But I was like, this is not the same baby that we had in the hospital. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. And yep. I mean, I have had, I have fielded phone calls from people who will call and say, I think my baby's allergic to the house because they won't stop sneezing. <laughs> I think the baby is, you know, like won't settle. They hate their bassinet. They hate being here. They hate that. You know, it's just, there is so much going on with that newborn and you don't ever, that's the stuff you never hear, right? You never yep. hear anybody. Nobody's going to say to you, those first few days home are going to be really, really difficult. And it's not because, of course, everybody says, oh, it's, you know, it's breastfeeding, but it's not. You are transitioning into being a whole new person. 
and you're recovering from childbirth, whatever that might have looked like for you, mm-hmm. and you have a newborn baby. So it's there's a lot happening there. And you're already tired from the labor and delivery, which nobody slept through, obviously. So you're already going into this tired. And now you have to figure out how to make everything work. And I used, when I worked in the hospital, I used to try to kind of give people a little guidance and be like, okay, the first night home is going to be really stressful and, you know, really might be a little bit difficult, but that's really normal. And now when I see people, since I don't work in the hospital setting anymore, I'll see them like after, you know, probably like right after they were discharged. So mm-hmm. it could have been like their first night home or whatever the night before. And they're like looking rough a lot of the time. And I tell them <laughs> the first night is always really bad. And they're like, oh, good. Okay. So it wasn't just us. Because you think it's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You think it's just you. Yeah, because you never heard about this. How many babies have been born in the world? And you never, nobody ever mentioned like, oh, by the way, this is really hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really chaotic. Oh, yeah. You'll you'll doubt your decision. Yeah, it'll be really insane. No, well, nobody thought to say that. Yeah. Somebody, I don't understand. Somebody <laughs> told me the other day we talked about the doubting. The, the, and that's, you can absolutely say that. Like nobody is going to say, oh, you don't love your baby. If you say, oh my gosh, I was even doubting if I've made the right choice of even having yeah. a baby. Because we all feel like that. Totally. We all felt like that. And that does not mean that you don't, that you want to give that baby back. It just means that you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do here? It just means like, that you're going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. That's, all That's that what means. we have when when we had Exley, and this is another thing. So if you have, if you already had your first child and went through that, and then you're having a second child, and you're home with your baby, your new baby, and you have a toddler or other children there, which adds a whole new layer of oh god, yeah, just chaos and and um. I remember, I mean, this was more than after the first few days, but Jack was so upset. Jack was so upset all the time, crying all the time, hitting, like just acting, acting out and, you know, going through his thing. And I just was like, I said to Josh, I said, I, we may, I'm, did we make a mistake? I think we broke him. Mm. Like, I think he's broken. Such a horrible feeling. It's horrible. It's just awful. It's the most awful thing ever to feel that way. And we got through it. You know, that's the thing is that you don't even know. And because nobody's talking about this, you don't know that it ends. You just Ugh. think, oh, this is how it is now. And we screwed everything up. Except that this is temporary. One of the things that I see a lot with that first night home, especially, is people thinking that the baby is starving. Oh, yeah. Because babies are really fussy and they're not settling. And what I usually tell parents is it's not. It's not really about that. It's not. And I know everybody thinks, oh my gosh, they're starving. They're starving. They just couldn't get enough to eat. We finally just gave them you know, a formula and then they settled down and then we slept. It's more about being unsettled, right? Because now you just had this baby. You were in the hospital mm-hmm. setting. They were like kind of doped out. They're sleepy. That first 24 hours to 48 hours, super sleepy and just like you know, done in the hospital. And then you bring them home. You get, you're getting them dressed in the hospital, putting them in a car seat, putting them in the car, bringing them home. You might have dogs. You might have other kids. You might have cats. You might have pets. Who knows what you got? It's families with birds that are squawking like kids do. I mean, there's like all sorts of stuff going on and lights and sounds. And maybe there's family members there to help you. And we're like, oh, gee, why is the baby fussy? 
<laughs> yeah, they spent nine months in the womb and now they're here. I don't even like it here. And I've been here for 45 years. And like the baby, it, the baby's brand new. And it's just like, what the hell is this place, man? No, put me back in there. Right. Like they're going to be fussy. If they're not fussy, I mean, okay, I guess if they're not fussy, don't worry. But like, I, you know, they're going to be fussy. That's not the norm, though. That That's is not, not normal. the norm. That's not what yeah. you would expect. The baby just to be like, oh, yeah, it's totally cool. Yeah. I mean, if awesome. you just like lay on your couch and you have the baby skin to skin with you and then you're like, oh, the baby wasn't fussy, then yeah, okay. But if you're like trying right. to like make dinner or trying to, you know, deal with other people in the house and you're fussing over how to change a diaper, like if there's stuff going on there, your baby is probably going to be a little overstimulated. Oh, and yeah. that is really normal. <laughs> I remember being home. I don't think it was the first night, but it was Jack was really young, a newborn. And I had him like... I was holding him and was kind of like walking around the room at night, set, trying to settle him down. And I had the TV on, which, okay, there's the more stimulation. Yep. And I was watching a documentary about Ebola. Oh, God. And I was like freaking out, like <laughs> listening to these like Doctors Without Borders, people talking about going there and how like, whatever, we don't have to get into the details of Ebola. But like, I was just like, oh, my God, you know, because you heard about it, but you didn't really know what was going on. This was around the time when Ebola was like a big in the news. And I, I just, I was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Oh my God, the world. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, he's just a baby. He doesn't know. But like, he can tell that I'm reacting. Like, we don't realize that they could tell that we're react that, that they can sense our reactions, you know? Mm -hmm. So they're reacting to us too. So there's, yeah, there's absolutely a lot. A lot so happening don't watch there. a documentary, maybe, of all the things. Don't watch a documentary on Ebola. No, absolutely not. Try right, not to watch much on. of anything. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah, ever. Yeah. That's no. not, it's not mm -hmm. helpful. It is, there's a lot happening for those little babies in the beginning. Well, what about breastfeeding? So what about people who are like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to wake the baby? How long is the baby supposed to eat? Weak? Eat sleep? Duh. And how, you know, do I, how often do I feed them? How do we and get up in the night? Do I pump? That is a great question because this is something that happens quite a bit, right? Because we're in the hospital and I mean, all hospitals might do something differently. So what I'm kind of referring back to is things that I hear people telling me that they've experienced and what I've experienced when I was working in the hospital, that often they will say, wake your baby. You know, when you're in the hospital, when you're actually inpatient, you just had your baby, you're trying to recover. And they'll say, wake your baby like every three hours and make sure you're trying to feed them. And they'll come in and they'll check. I don't know how you can wake your baby every three hours in the hospital because they're getting woken up every hour. Right. By a yeah. doctor coming in going, I have to check the baby. And the and baby's the finally sleeping. And then they're poking <laughs> and prodding them like they did 60 minutes ago. And then they're they're coming back in half an hour later, poking right. prod at you. So Ugh. it's like not like anybody's really getting any breaks. But... They'll, you know, and they'll come in to check you and they'll be like, did you wake the baby to feed? Did you, did you mark it down? Did you change a diaper? Like they're going to, you know, kind of make sure that you're staying on, on track with all this stuff. And they are, you know, expecting you to feed the baby like every three hours. Babies in the hospital are very sleepy. They are very sleepy for the first few days of life, especially if not the first few weeks. That's totally normal. And then depending on mode of birth and, you know, medications and all of that stuff, there, you know, could be sleepier depending on the G the gestational age of your baby. If you had a baby that was a little younger, 37 weeks, 36, they'll probably be a little bit more sleepy. Like there's a lot of factors that play into it here, but the sleepiness is very, very normal. So you're waking your baby to feed them. 
the second night of your baby's life, they go through like a cluster feeding phase where they're just kind of like, holy crap, where the hell am I? And where's my mom? And they just want to be held and cuddled and secure and just feed. And like, you'll put them on and they'll latch and they'll suckle a little bit and then doze off and you take them off and then they scream and then you put them back and everybody goes, oh my God, they're starving and your milk's not in yet. That's what the problem is. And it's like, no, that is not the problem. The problem is a baby's just figuring out that they are now on the planet. And this is a really crazy place to be. Yeah. And the only place that they feel secure, the only place that they are wired to feel secure is at your chest. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And they'll be fussy, likely fussy anywhere else. And then you go home, right? And your milk is starting to come in. And now your baby wants to eat every hour and a half to two hours. And you go, oh my gosh, I must not have enough milk because in the hospital, they said every three. So now it's like things change and nobody told you that things are going to change and evolve. So babies that are, are breastfeeding will typically eat anywhere from every hour and a half to three hours, usually falling around that two hour mark in the beginning, especially, but there will be points of the day where they'll eat more frequently than that. And that is really normal. We just kind of like go with it. I love it when I have families, when I follow us, I'm like, how often is a baby feeding? They'll be like, I have no idea. I just feed on demand. Yeah. That's what I did with Jack. I mean, it was harder with Exley, although Josh had some good paternity leave, but I would just sit down Mm-hmm. And sometimes with Jack, Josh was going to work and he would come home and he'd be like, have you been in the same spot all day? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, good. Um, but I would just like latch Jack on and lay on the couch and I would just be there. He would just stay there. Yeah. He didn't like unlatch to do what? I know. <laughs> <laughs> what else does he have to, to do? Read the paper? Like there's not, he's, that's not what they're not doing anything except that. And I and know if that you can, that's great. But of course, I understand that we're all completely isolated and we have yeah. nobody helping us. And so that you really can't like just sit down all day, every day. And that's what I was just going to say. Like, if you can't, like, that's great. Then I've, I've also had people say, I can't, without me even saying the baby just wants to be on all the time, within saying like, the baby just wants to be on me all the time. And I just can't do that. And yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I get it. But that doesn't mean your baby gets it. Yeah. Like, your baby doesn't understand that. No, it's, it's not, not a feeding yeah. problem. That's a baby thing. Right. That's absolutely a baby issue. And it's just, there's not much that you can really do about changing that specifically. But um, yeah, so we'll do, let's do our ads and then we'll talk about, let's see, talk about our sponsors and then we'll talk about some things that we can maybe try and, I don't know, accept the way babies are. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Mother Figure. Mother Figure is a maternal wellness company that makes it easier for moms and moms to be to get support. Mother Figure offers a directory that connects families with lactation consultants, doulas, pelvic floor physical therapists, and more nationwide. A magazine that spotlights real mom stories and need to know info from experts, and maternity clothing that's beautiful, functional, and machine washable. Mother Figure's multitasking maternity bra is a hands-free pumping, nursing, and everyday bra that's been featured in Romper, Parents, Scary Mommy, and more. It's Ucotex certified and has been called one of the best nursing and pumping combo bras on the market. Check it out at shop.motherfigure.com and use code BADASS for 15% off of your entire order. 
And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. Original Sprout's newest addition to its family of vegan products is the Bundle of Joy. This is a woven basket full of Original Sprout products swaddled in a white hand towel and fastened with a big chrome safety pin. The Bundle of Joy makes the perfect baby shower gift bundle or just a great way to say congratulations to the expecting mom in your life or yourself with a retail value of over $120 is being offered at the introductory price of $74.99. As a badass breastfeeder listener, you can take an additional 25% off this introductory price. At originalsprout.com, use code BADASS and get this bundle for $56.25. That's a total savings of $60, making it affordable to give the gift of clean and safety-tested personal care products to those you care about. Our sponsors and their promo codes can be found at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com in our show notes under this episode. Also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Okay, so you also brought up pumping. Yeah. And pumping is something that I, I really try to tell people to not do in the beginning. And I think we've mentioned this like yeah. a zillion times in different episodes that we've had, but it is really tempting to pick up that pump when your milk starts coming in and you're feeling really full. That is why we say feed the baby as frequently as they want to be fed, because that will help you stay very com- more comfortable. Like you'll stay way more comfortable. Just feed the baby, feed the baby. If you are pumping on top of feeding the baby, you are telling your body you need twice as much milk as you really need. And that is not going to help you. Some people get really nervous that like they start to fill up, their their milk starts to come in and they go, oh my gosh, I'm so afraid that I'm going to get mastitis. So they just start pumping on top of feeding, which will make your problem way worse. So just feed your baby ice, put ice. It's a lot of swelling. It's a lot of um, like just inflamed breast tissue, a lot of fluid, ice after the feeds and ibuprofen, which a lot of people are taking anyway after they have a baby. And that only lasts a couple of days. It really does. And your body starts to like just kind of regulate because the baby is telling your body what it needs. So it just kind of regulates. And remember that the regulating is normal, not the engorgement. Right. Right. Because the people will say, oh my God, I don't feel full anymore. So it's all gone. No, you don't want to feel that way. That's not Mm -mm. supposed to. You're not supposed to feel that way. The other thing that surprises people when they come home is that babies don't want to be in a bassinet. Babies, I had a a family come in one time to the pediatric office and I was like, how was your first night home? And the dad was like, well, the baby hates the bassinet. Like, (laughs) absolutely. I've had people tell me- money on it. He hates it. $1,200 on a bassinet. (laughs) They hate it. Your baby, newborns are very primal. They are very primal. They do not know that they are safe when you put them down in this $1,200 bassinet. They have no idea. They don't know where they are. They don't know that it's the 21st century. They have no concept of any of this. All they know is that they feel safe when they are with you. That is what they know. They're not trying to use you. They're not trying to manipulate you. And they are not trying to stay up later past their bedtime. They (laughs) just know that they are safe when they are with you. Newborns need like three things. Food, 
security and comfort, which they get from you. All three of those things they get from you. And we're kind of in this society where we're like, no, put them down. Just swaddle them to make it feel like somebody's holding them and put them down. And then that's it. That's what you do with them. I mean, it's just, I was talking to somebody yesterday who has grandchildren and I actually helped the grandchildren, but um, he was like, I was like, how are the grand, how are the grandbabies? And he was like, oh, they're doing great. And then he kind of went in to tell me about how one of the babies who's about four months now, four or five months now was being held for naps by a caretaker. So now they've decided that that is the reason why the baby doesn't sleep because she's been, she was held for naps. <laughs> and well, it's their first baby. So they didn't know any better. So, you know, the baby's being held for naps. So now, you know, she'll cry if you don't hold her. It's like this four month old is not manipulating anybody, even though that's what the older generations think, but that is not what is going on here. Those babies, I mean, I don't know how, if you really think about it, like, because in the moment, it almost sounds like, oh, that sounds legit, right? Like, of course, the baby got used to being held and, and wants yeah. to be held for naps. But then you really think about it, it's like, this is an infant. They yeah. they don't know how to be by themselves. They don't know how to manipulate you either. No. They have no idea how to do that. So it's like, you can't, we we can't just go, oh yeah, like just put them down and let them, you know, let them fuss and they're fine. No, this is, they just need you. And different personalities, you know, babies have their own little personality yeah, too. They're born they're, with a temperament. Yeah, the, exactly. They're born with a temperament and you can't say, which is one of the other things that this um, grandparent was saying was, oh, you know, but our other grandchildren, they didn't need to do that. They, you know, they're fine. You put them down, they go right to sleep. This one was held for nap. So she's fussier. And it's like, temperaments too yeah and even in the same family and you see that a lot too where i'll have parents be like oh my gosh but my first baby didn't do this my first baby did something different my first baby never slept or my first baby did sleep and now this one isn't or whatever the situation may be babies are very very different and the temperament is very different and you will start to see that the more you get to know your baby and none of it is a manipulation or a breastfeeding issue right but we tend to kind of go it's and a manipulation it's and a breastfeeding issue. I know. And it's hard. I mean, like we say that usually when we're overwhelmed, right? Oh, yeah. And, we're gonna be, and you're going to be overwhelmed. Again, we could, you know, families these days are completely isolated. And so you're likely doing this all by yourself. If you can find somebody to come over, you know, your mother, mother-in-law, parents, sister, whatever, whoever can come over and help a little bit. That's great. Um and try to be open to accepting that or inviting people or asking for help, which are, these are all things that nobody is used to doing. Right. Um, so it's not you. It's the fact that you're doing the job of a village all by yourself. And that's not possible to do no. without feeling overwhelmed. And I think, you know, we, we really, it's not even just, well, maybe it is about asking for help, but even when people offer, it's like we've kind of feel like, but you know, this is my baby. I should know how to do this. Yeah, we won't accept the help either. We won't right. ask and we won't accept. I and did the same thing. Yeah. You shouldn't know. I, I tell parents that all the time. Like you should not know. And yeah, people sometimes don't want anybody over or they feel like it's just more work for me because now I feel like I have to entertain them. Right. Or yeah, exactly. Or people are suffering from postpartum depression or anxiety and they just feel like not seeing anybody and mm -hmm. closing the curtains and 
you know, not realizing that, you know, that depression or anxiety is coming over you. Right. And that's, Uh, that's hard. I mean, all of this stuff is really, is really hard. Um, Yeah. And things that you don't really expect to see when you're having this baby because everybody's like, oh, it's such a wonderful time, right? It's such a wonderful time. It's such, it's so great bringing this new baby into the world. And it is absolutely, but there are some things that kind of go along with it that we're not expecting. And the, when you were talking about like when you're having your subsequent kids, that is definitely something nobody talks about. And I remember having the twins. My, Nathan was about two, just a little over two when I had the twins. And the feeling of guilt that I had mm. was unbelievable. Oh my like, God, it is insane. It's it so was deep. Unbelievable. The, the guilt I had over that. And it was I remember years later reading an article about it and being like, oh, my God, that was really a thing. Because I thought I was the only one that felt yeah, like that. Right. But it is I, yeah, really I remember is Jack thing. Sta- yeah, I remember Jack standing next to me when I was holding Exley, like newborn Exley. And Jack standing next to me. And I literally felt like he was like down the block. Ugh. Like I could see like it was like this weird, like he was like morphed into like being really far away from me, even though he was standing right there. It was the trippiest thing and it was horrible. It's just bad. It's just really hard. It didn't stay like that. No, no. You know, it didn't stay like that. It didn't. And, but it just is really. It's horrible when you're in it and mm-hmm. you think that this is just how it is now. And then. And how you bond with two babies. And yeah. a lot of people really question that. Like, how am I going to bond with, how, how could I ever love another baby as much as I love my first baby? Um, and I mean, you do, you bond with them, you bond with both of them in different ways and everything does. And this is just how, this well. is like just stuff people don't understand until they have children. Mm-hmm. This is just stuff that people don't get and you, nobody can get it until they're in it. It's yeah, it could definitely be a challenge, but, and this is stuff you don't talk about and it's okay. Like you're leaving the hospital, right? And everybody wants to get out as soon as they possibly can to which I absolutely understand, but it kind of throw. It's almost like throwing you to the wolves, you know. It's just yeah. like, but they don't talk to you about it I necessarily either. I remember either. leaving the hospital. I was like, they're just going to let me leave the hospital with this baby. <laughs> they're just going to let me take him. Like, don't they don't know me very well then? Right. I can't. I can't make a freaking can of soup without <laughs> reading the instructions. Now I gotta <laughs> four like, times. I know four times. Now I gotta, oh my my yeah! I made this macaroni and cheese a thousand times. I'm going to read the instructions two times and then put it in the recycling. And here I come back to the recycling to get the box out so that I can read it two more times. Yeah. And now I got to raise a kid. What? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. <laughs> but it does feel very overwhelming. And then you go home and you're feeling overwhelmed. And then you're like, oh, my God, now I got to be on for every single feeding. And I think that's oh, yeah. another thing that kind of sets in. It's like you're, you know, when you're pregnant and you're like, OK, yes, you know, I really want to breastfeed and this is going to be great. And I'm going to be bonded and connected. And, you know, you have this image in your head of how beautiful it is, which it is when you get to that point. But in the beginning, it's just so chaotic. Everything is so chaotic. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm tired. And I feel like everything is on me. And then and I also I also feel like sometimes you have those support people around you who are like, well, I would help you. But like, I don't I don't know. I don't have. I don't have the boobs, so I can't help. Right, you. it's true. Yeah, as and far then as you the really boobs, feel then people need to be doing everything else and yeah. holding the baby, even holding the baby when the baby is crying, so that you can go to the bathroom or shower yourself or whatever. And the baby's going to be upset, and maybe the baby's going to fuss or cry while you're gone, and it's okay. 
The baby is fine. The baby is fine. You know what I hear a lot too, which I never know. I never quite know how to respond to because it is a real feeling that people have is they're like, well, I'm the one with the boobs. That's all the baby wants. The baby sees me and they're just like, oh, it's just my food source. And it's like, that is not what you are to this baby. You are not just a place for them to eat. That is not, they don't want you because you happen to have milk. That is not the thing. Right. They oh no, you. you're the only environment that they are acclimated to coming out. You're an entire ecosystem to them. Yeah. You're not just food. You are their entire world. Yeah, you're their whole world, which and is that, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Oh god, I remember that pressure too. I was like, "Oh good, they like live and die with me. Great." I, <laughs> like, I can't handle like the pressure of like I don't know, an appointment. I know. And, uh, this is like, "Oh god." Yeah. It's a lot. So I know there's big questions of like, the big question I always get is like, how long, because some babies are really sleepy. How long do we let the baby sleep before we have to wake them up? And this is another thing, right? That like you ask anybody, you ask three different doctors are going to give you three different answers. You look it up online, you're going to get 14 different answers. I always go with about, you know, babies will usually in a 24 hour period of time, babies will usually give you a four hour stretch of sleep like one four-hour stretch of sleep in a 24-hour period of time um if you let them do it during the day like if you're home and they're just taking this super long nap during the day and you're fine with that expect them to be up like eating a little bit more frequently overnight that's kind of how it's going to be um really that newborn period when you're trying to you know, put weight back on them get them back up to their birth weight get your supply regulated Really, every like, don't let them go longer than maybe like three hours, two or three hours during the daytime, maybe four overnight. After they reach birth weight, it's usually fine to just let them go a lot, a little bit longer overnight if they will. Sometimes some babies don't, but if they'll go a little bit over, you know, longer overnight and their weight gain is really good, great, let them do it. Um, the of course your your pediatrician might say something completely different, but that's usually you know, what we see. And that's usually works out really well. Um, a lo- sometimes you'll have that, you know, that grandparent or somebody who's, you know, trying to be very helpful, but will also tell you, oh, the baby's napping. Don't wake a sleeping baby because that's not, you know, you don't want to wake a sleeping baby. They'll wake you up when they're hungry. And that first week or two, they will not wake you up if they're hungry. Like they're, they don't even really know. Like that's a, that's a very new sensation. Yeah. They're not like, oh, here I am in the world. Oh, that feeling in my gut. Yeah. That's hunger. Yeah. I better eat something. Like, they yeah. have no idea. Like they don't know that they're going to sleep. Just they'll just sleep. If you leave them there to do that in those yeah. first few days, they'll, you'll just, they'll just sleep. I had somebody one time that told me that no, she had no idea And why would she have? It was her first baby. She had no idea that she was supposed to wake up the baby in the hospital to eat. And the nurse came in after like six hours and was like, you haven't woke, you haven't fed the baby? What is going on? And was like freaking out. And of course, then the mother's crying because she thought she broke her baby and did something horrible. And it's like, how would you have known that though? Yeah. Why don't you tell her? How is she supposed to know? Tell her. Like, how would you know that? And the baby's just going to sleep right through. So... Waking them every couple hours to feed them is definitely, and plus we want to get them into that routine of like waking during the daytime because, well, you know, that whole popular saying of babies have their days and nights mixed up. 
no, <laughs> they have no idea what a day and a night is. Like if that's a mix up, then fine. But you know, we, that's kind of on us to kind of get their circadian rhythm going too. And that they do that by feeding. So got to wake them up and feed them. Yeah. And then after a while they start waking on their own, but the first couple yeah. of weeks they don't, they really yeah. don't. They'll get much. into like their own little nap routine eventually. Yeah. But for a long time, it's just. I mean, you don't like, come home from the hospital with a newborn and kind of everything is falling into place. Like that just is not mm-mm. something that you see very often, you know, like you really are kind of like really trying to figure things out. Um, and you're trying to learn. You're trying to learn it. You're trying to learn your baby. You're trying to learn yourself as a parent. It is a lot. It is overwhelming. But it does fall into place as you move along. Like the more you you kind of connect with your baby, the more you figure things out. And, and it's good. But then when you have that pressure of you're returning to work or your spouse is returning to work Ugh. or, you know, like it just you don't have anybody there helping you. Like you're trying to figure out child care you're trying to sleep, you're trying to recover, you're trying, you know, whatever complications might you might be having with that. There's a lot happening there and you should not be f- feeling like you need to do it on your own because that's not how it was set up to be. It's just how it is right now, but it's not supposed to be like that. Okay. I have a few things before we end. Okay. Okay. So before you give birth, find like a local teenager or somebody in the neighborhood or something like that and hire them to come over and like take the garbage out, do the laundry, like little some chores or play with the older kids, mm-hmm. you know, keep them busy for a few hours. That's one idea. Yep, that's um, a good one. And then, of course, accepting help. Um, and there's these cool little things. I, you can find them online. I think I, I don't remember where I first saw them, but they're these like little cards that you can print out. And you can put them on your door. And when people come to visit, they have to, they fill it out. There's like little directions, whatever you want. If you want people to wear a mask, if you want people to wash their hands when they come in, whatever. And then there's like a little list of chores and they have to check one off that they're going to do before they leave. And so they're coming to visit and then they have to, you know, they can either like take the laundry out, like put a load of laundry or take the garbage out, take, put the load of laundry in, like do some dishes just to get something done while they're there. Um, also when people come to visit, we already talked about this feeling of, of, of entertaining, like to leave the room. Like if, if, if your parents are coming over the in-laws or whatever, and they want to hold the baby, it, like that's get up and leave. Mm-hmm. Be like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to change my clothes or whatever and take that opportunity. And if you're cloth diapering for me, we cloth diapered. And for me, it was easiest to kind of wait like a week or so. Mm-hmm. because I don't know if you're into it and it's a routine and all that, that's fine. But also you don't have to make every decision on day one. Like we just found it was easier to wait and just to worry about like laundry and all that later. Yeah. A couple of things that are, that I have found to be super helpful. If you are, if you're listening and you are expecting a baby, put it on, Put it on your gift list. You know, I mean, not everything comes on a registry, you know, so put, you know, postpartum doula, put things like diaper service. I've had families that receive diaper service as a, you know, as a gift. And that is an amazing gift to have. Um, Then you're not even doing anything for the first couple of months. Um, Having food delivered. I mean, every place now that you go, 
will do like Grubhub or anything like that. Have people get you gift cards for things like that where you don't yeah. have to worry about cooking. You could just get that food dropped off at your front door and that's yeah, it. There's like meal trains too. You can go to yeah, like meal trains. Like mealtrain.com or whatever and people can sign up to bring you food. And, and in my neighborhood, people were signing up that I didn't even know. Oh, that's people nice. People just posted it in the neighborhood group and then like na- like people I didn't know were signing up. But like, I mean, I, I mean, live in a big city, a big crowded neighborhood, but you know, if you live in a smaller place, that might not be the case. But um, yeah, those are really helpful. And paper, okay, this is controversial and people, I don't know. Get some paper plates and oh, yeah. plastic knives and stuff like that and just worry about the planet later. You Listen, we have been so duped into thinking that our personal decisions are what killing this planet. It's not. It's these giant corporations that pollute with the way that they manufacture things. And we're going to do an episode on this, actually. Oh, um, yes, right? we are. Yes, yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so your personal choice to use like a slow flow toilet, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not what is happening. So use some paper plates and plastic knives and stuff. So just so you don't have as many dishes, you know, and you're only going to do it for a week or two or whatever right, in the beginning. That, yeah. Yeah, right. And then um, I also want to say just make sure because I I did this with my first, like I was feeling very like anxious and very, you know, overwhelmed and stuff. And we had the curtains closed and like we didn't make any noise. And we were like really, you know, just like very sensitive and like overwhelmed and stuff that with our first child. And I don't think it helped. You know, I think that with our second, of course, I was feeling better with my second, but you got to open the windows. Mm-hmm. I mean, the shades, if it's cold, don't open the window. But I mean, like, if it's like, open the curtains, sit in front of the window. If it's warm, go sit on your porch or something and and make sure that you are, you know, it's okay for your baby to see daylight. I always thought it had to be dark the whole time. Dark and quiet. <laughs> no, no. Like, that's fine for the baby to get used to like light and people and, you know, like mm-hmm. that is for you. You need to take care of your mental health and open those curtains absolutely and get out open the fresh air and all that absolutely and um yeah that's all i have except that if you can have a drink a glass of wine too if you want oh yeah and go to our i'm gonna link our alcohol episode if you haven't listened to it yet like the zillions of other people because it is our most popular episode so if you haven't listened to it i'm going to link it in the show notes so if you have you know worries about that we're not saying go out and be an alcoholic but if you want to sit and have a glass of wine that's totally fine yeah. And if you have older kids, you and you are like, oh, my God, I can't with the screens. They're getting too much screen time. Just c- drop that. Yeah. Let them do this. Get fun new snacks for them. Get like, you know, some games going and just like t- let them do their thing. Whatever entertains them is fine. It is Again, survival is right temporary. now. Exactly. Yeah. It's fine. They are not going to be ruined by looking at a lot of screens at this time. No, you're not. No. I promise you. Don't believe the hype. So we could probably talk about first days. We could just forever, go on about but- this all day, should we? You <laughs> know, right? <laughs> totally could. That was the end of my list. That's what I've just had a few things I wanted to say. But I just I feel like this is something that I talk about with parents all the time because they just you know they come to me and they're very just shell shocked about what is happening in those first days. So we this this episode actually came from a listener who wrote in and said that she does work with new families in the hospital and she wanted to be able to reference something for them um, for new, you know, first days home. And it really, yeah, just it'll pass. But those first few days can be really 
like just a struggle. You're just yeah, like, and you what can't the hell? Like, you can't ruin anything. Mm-mm, no, fir- you know, like you can't just like it's there's nothing you can do that's gonna just like oh my god, you just ruined everything. You ruined their life. You ruined your breastfeeding. You ruined everything. Like no, no, that is not what's happening. No, it's okay. Regroup. Start again. It's yeah. All good. Every moment you can just figure it out again. And call a lactation consultant. Yes, please. (laughs) Please do that. (laughs) That's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.